and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through a Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. Today, we're taking a look at Degrassi The Next Generation Season 6, Episodes 5 and 6, Eyes Without a Face. Now to... I wanna. <laughs> uh, before we get into this episode, as always, let's put a quick content warning. We are going to be talking about sexual assault. We'll be talking about ableism. We'll be talking about issues regarding consent. We'll also be talking about uh, judgments held as well as talking about sex work, stalking, and pedophilia. It's a doozy, everybody. As always, if you need to take a break at all, that is totally understandable. If you need to skip this one, that is also a-okay with us. We understand that. These are some difficult episodes to get through for a variety of reasons, um, but we're going to try our best to get through them um, with as much as much grace as we can. Um, but we are super excited this episode because we have a very special guest to help us through this. This person is an incredible individual, um, a fantastic writer, as well as a wonderful podcaster, uh, and also just a very good friend and another example of New Jersey excellence. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to our co-host for this episode, Tease. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Tease. Hi, I'm very excited to be here. I've never watched an episode of Zagrassi in my life until literally mm, 10 a.m. this morning. So <laughs> Hell yes. this was an experience to log into, especially with these two episodes. Yeah, this is definitely the uh, quite the first episodes. Um, I did want to ask, we talked a little bit about it off air, um, what was your relationship to Degrassi before 10 o'clock? So, um, I never really watched it. I was really vehemently anti-live-action kids tween media until I was maybe, like, 17. <laughs> so, uh, when the season was airing, I was only in sixth grade, so, uh... I I could have easily watched it, but, like, it just wasn't something that never was really a thing for me. I have, like, one vague recollection of Degrassi playing in the background on a friend's TV. Her older sister was watching it during a sleepover, and I was, like, drifting off to sleep. So the only things I really knew were, like, Drake is on it, and he's in a wheelchair, and... Um, I knew who Spinner was for some reason, and I knew who Paige and Liberty were, but otherwise, I didn't know who anybody else was. So when Spinner showed up in the episode and when Liberty did, it's like, I know them! I know who they are! But uh, otherwise, I have really minimal experience with shows like this. I'm not like a sitcom watcher. I don't really watch a lot of like uh, shows like this at all, like even now as an adult. So this was an experience and a half, dare I say. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I love your spirit and your energy and your willingness Thank to you. jump in. I love to make a fool out of myself any chance I can get. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, get to this. So um, it's like we have to like readjust. We're not used to having guests. Um, Tease, we always love mm. to offer our, our guests to give us brief introductions to our A-plot, and in this case of this two-part episode, the first B-plot and the second B-plot, um, if you would like to try and introduce them to our listeners. Okay, should I do both episodes at the same time? Yeah, I'd go for it. Okay, cool. So the cheerleading squad at Degrassi 
is like, shit, we need new uniforms. So uh, Darcy gets the smart idea of selling slightly risque photos while uh, Manny is like, I think if we just had boys on the team, that would help us get to nationals instead of new uniforms. So Peter joins the squad and is taking flirtatious photos of Darcy and Darcy sells them to a guy online for $200 and that buys them new cheerleading uniforms, which is exciting until Spinner realizes that Darcy's risque photos are what bought the new uniforms. They have a blowout uh, Spinner, like, but what about your virginity or whatever? And Darcy's like, oh, well, I'm not having sex. I'm just taking photos. And then it ends up becoming an issue of the guy that she thought was around her age that's been talking to her and gave her $200 for these uniforms ends up being a adult and comes to Degrassi High and then eventually follows her home. And then her her sister, right? Her younger sister mm-hmm. has to call the cops on this man while Darcy runs back inside of her own home. Meanwhile, the B slash C plot is uh, JT is trying to get his local, what is it? Local access TV, maybe uh, job back. And uh, he's kind of like neutral pining towards Liberty in him. And then... However, JT meets this new girl, Mia, who has a daughter, and Mia flirts with JT using her daughter as, like, a betting piece because Mia's daughter loves JT's craft show thing. So JT flirts with this girl, Mia, and tries to kind of impress her with the show. And then on part two, what is Ellie? That's her name, yeah. Ellie uh, is trying to be a little bit more sexy and appealing towards her older boyfriend and she's kind of starting to contemplate uh what the next step in their relationship is so we have some really fun double sexy dynamic in different ways and it's all about growing up so that's my summary that's more than one sentence per plot each sorry no it's okay i mean it's nice to kind of cover it because that kind of means that we can just scream for yeah let's go (laughs) um we decided also that we are going to take a look at these this episode just go through all the plots sequentially um as we've talked about on the show a bit these episodes are written pretty tightly and i don't know these b plots i understand what they're trying to do like i understand how they slot in kind of but at the same time like they're so insignificant Mm -hmm. but let's go to it um, we start off with the first scene of this episode, with which is, like, the same fucking setup for most of the scenes in this episode, which is Darcy and Spinner making out in Spinner's car. <laughs> um, and uh, we have a little bit of talking, a little bit of Darcy feeling a little, little uh, conflicted and distant, um, and her hunt for finding something comes in the form of social media when she goes into her bedroom. She shares a computer with her little sister, Claire. This is the first time we meet Claire. Um, and Darcy finds herself feeling very contemplative as she looks at pictures of herself in her bathing suit. It's nice to see siblings again. This is what I'm going to say throughout this episode. It is nice to see sibling dynamics again because we don't have a ton of those types of interactions anymore. Even though we technically have siblings on the show, we have uh, Danny and we have Liberty. 
but like they're not interacting as often as they used to um toby and ashley i don't think they even know their step siblings anymore um so i'm going to try and have my positive feeling toward this episode be in the fact that we do have sisters on the show who are interacting with each other and that i liked claire i thought yeah. she was cute like i liked that she was like this little kind of geeky middle schooler but she's like they still had a good relationship with each other i almost reminded me a little bit of my cousin and i who was four years older than me and I was, like, the more weird, weird, geeky one while she was, like, the more popular cheerleader type. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So I, I liked it. I thought it was cute. Yeah, me too. I like I like that they kind of, like, tease each other and razz each other. Like, it yeah. feels, it feels, like, very, like, it felt very believable. And like you said, like, I like that they are not the same type of kid. I like uh-huh. that, you know... Claire is is that more geeky type I like that but you can like like you said like I like that they care about each other I like that they kind of get on each other's nerves I also like that they have to worry about sharing a computer which during that age was a concern I also had with my little brother and like as my little brother was discovering more flash games and that he could talk to people (laughs) um through chat like it was like a big headache for me because then I had to like budget my time on the computer like it made me feel very nostalgic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of starts off a little bit. We can tell, we can kind of see where things are going to go south. But as we can tell, we're not quite there yet. Um, so the opening kicks in. We go back into the next scene. Uh, Frank, are you okay? I feel like you're about to combust. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly pumped on talking about this awful episode. <laughs> But um, also, uh, Spinner had a s- adopted sister who just disappeared. And yeah. Returned. R.I.P. Kendra. Is she like? Is this a plot point, or did no. they just like straight up stop like stop hiring the actress? So from what we could tell, um, it sounds like it was a case of the kids' uh, parents did not want her staying on the show because she was going to have to do a more um, suggestive plotline so oh my God. yeah i i have a theory um that potentially like there was like a teen pregnancy plotline that happened with liberty mm-hmm. i don't have any proof of this but i do kind of wonder if kendra was supposed to be the one who was originally going to have that plotline um, it, it like oh. kind of lined up timeline line wise but um mm-hmm. i really liked her as a character Tease, she was a anime jock that's me right? i'm an anime jock <laughs> yeah like she played like three sports and she loved anime and queen oh my god she was great like she was very ahead of her time i feel like i feel like it's a type of character that lands much better now but like back then it was like i was like she was like a breath of fresh air but wow. for, i loved the her. moment the blueprint <laughs> <laughs> exactly like i really like her but um but again never mentioned again not even like a oh Kendra went to boarding school or like Ken like you know my parents divorced and Kendra is like with my mom and I'm with my dad like nothing like Degrassi notoriously has a black hole where their past characters go unfortunately um, Kendra is one of the members of it unfortunate is a shame also I think you're uh, downplaying Kendra I'm pretty sure let's see she did field hockey floor hockey um. I think regular hockey. Yeah, she did something with ice. Yeah, like she was super talented. 
Oh my god. Okay, I'm not that jock, but like queen i respect her so hard wow right like that's how i feel about her i think she's so delightful there there was a point where uh toby like word was going around that toby wanted to like have sex with her and like he was in like what ninth grade or something and she was Mm -hmm. in like seventh or eighth and she just comes out of nowhere like slams him against the locker calls him disgusting he's like i'm 12 you fuck i love that (laughs) I Kendra love this the, energy. Kendra was the best. Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah. Damn. Kendra's then, spinoff, where is it? Right? And, and then Spinner gave everybody a speech about how it's not right to, like, push girls into sex. And in one, one moment, I actually like Spinner. Wow, female ally Spinner for a total of 22 minutes. It's like, it's like such a shame. I mean... We, we talk about this a lot where, like, there there is, like, a decent stretch of time where Spinner is what we called on the show the tender chunkhead. And, like, you know, he did a lot of that type of shit where he was, like, supposed to be the bully, but he was, like, probably the most inefficient bully, like, I've ever seen on a on a, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a real shame because I find him so much more likable when he is, like, you know, beating up his sister's boyfriend Damn. than now. I wish. So seeing how like, you're now more of a neophyte than I am, uh, um, I just like a brief history is like at the beginning of the show there was a lot of undercutting tropes. Like there was the queen bee named Paige, who kind of took like the younger girls under her wing. Um, like one of them was like, I don't know if I'm on a date or not, and Paige's like, Give me a rundown of what happened. And she's like, You're on a date. Wow, Paige, I need you in my own life. <laughs> I do too. And then, um, at we one point, the character who shit talks, um, shit talks, uh, Peter in front of his mom has her period for the first time and, like, is hiding in the bathroom. And Paige walks in and it's just like, hey, honey, what's going on? She's like, and she's like, I have my period. She's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. It sucks having to go into the nurse's office and getting pads. And just like slides her one underneath the um, underneath the stall door, and she's like, "I don't want to grow up and be like like." And Paige's like, "Like me, honey, you never could. Not even <laughs> your wildest dreams." <laughs> Is there like so many one-liners in this episode? Like half of my notes are me just quoting shit that these characters have said. Yeah, I I like uh, oh hot tastic when they opened up the cheerleading uniforms. <laughs> sent me (laughs) i thought it was so good there's like there's this yeah like there's (laughs) sorry my brain is just like hot tastic (laughs) (laughs) um if you follow a lot of like degrassi uh like twitter accounts and stuff a lot of them Mm -hmm. are like compiling some of those one-liners and like if oh my god (laughs) it's very good Darcy says a line to Spinner at one point that's like, uh, I can't stay long. I got a lot of emails to reply to. And that's literally how I feel every time the accountant at my job comes in to talk to me for a half an hour about shit. And I'm just like, I got emails to reply to. But in reality, the email is in fact my Switch hiding in my top drawer. And I just want to go back to playing my Switch. (laughs) I feel... What's funny, Tease, is I feel like you have the same excitement I did when we started the show. Good. And now, <laughs> I'm, just, now I'm just like, I feel like I've been beaten down by like, <laughs> Peter 
and all the other shitty males I have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, hot test, I guess, more bullshit writing. I will never watch another episode after this unless, like, I'm on the podcast again, truth be told. But sometimes I just love... So, like, I'm really mean and I hate shitty writing and, like, I'm totally just, like, a movie snob as a whole. But sometimes when I watch things like this, I remember that things that are poorly written can be funny. And it's, like, a treat for me because I watch it so little that when it does happen, I'm like, ha ha, hot-tastic. That's a very good way of looking at it. Thank you. (laughs) And I think that's also why I think it's so important for us when we have guests to encourage guests who maybe have not seen the show before because there is something very lovely about someone being able to look at this with fresh eyes as opposed to us where it's like, well, we sure like each other. I really don't know if we would be able to get through this point in the podcast if we didn't like each other, Frank. I'm just going to say that. I mean, yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, I don't know if you know the genesis of how this podcast started. I, I, I don't. I, I have another podcast my sister called Teen Girl Talk. And uh, I was, like, out with my friends, my housemates one day. And my housemate, Chris, was just like, Oh yeah, Donnie wanted to start. Frank, have you ever done Degrassi for the pod for your podcast? Like, no, nah, I've never done that, and um, I've never I've never seen anything about it. I was such a neophyte; I didn't know Drake got shot. Damn. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. he was he was fresh. <laughs> oh, like, I'm, I'm watching that episode. I'm just like, oh my God, Donnie, Drake got shot. Oh my God, how did you keep this a secret from him for so long? Yeah, yep. There's a lot of things I have to keep secret, like. I tried, that's why I try not to, like, really rewatch too much ahead either, mm-hmm. because, like, I also kind of don't want to, like, have it fresh on my mind either. Wow. I so I texted, and, like, Chris, wanted, Chris was saying, like, oh, Donnie wants to do this podcast, where he does it with somebody who's never seen Degrassi before. I'm like, okay. And I text Donnie, I'm like, hey, I heard you want to start a podcast. And Donnie's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happened with uh, my first podcast. Uh, I have a friend who like edits everything, a million different podcasts. And I was jokingly like, we should start our own podcast. And she's like, yeah, what do you want it to be about? And I was like, a podcast where we just make up more podcast ideas. And she was like, it's genius. And now we're uh, 96 episodes in. So <laughs> nice. that's how it is. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, and well, the other thing was like Donnie and I didn't know each other that well. No, we didn't. <laughs> oh my god! We 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 had hung out like one anime next in a hotel room for a weekend, oh and that god. was about it. Starcross, I feel. Does that mean that like we've all passed each other at different anime nexts then? A hundred percent, probably one hundred percent. I love that. I people always discover like one of the cosplays I did, which was like very important at the time when it came out to people like that was you i have photos of you and i'm like yeah that was me <laughs> so i feel like deep down somewhere i i've crossed paths with people no matter what convention it is if oh 100 at the same time we've crossed paths if it's not if it's not sharing too much what uh so 2012 i did uh, a legend of Korra cosplay as the third episode came out and I was one of like the three Bolins that was around that weekend. So if you were into Avatar at the time, I was there as Bolin. Um, a few people recognized me because I'm one of the few Tonica from Haikyuu cosplayers also. I feel like that's where I, I probably saw you because... Called 
bitch number one. Yeah. Because I was a I was a high cue for. Ah. Oh, I was um a part like a lot of people will recognize it if for 2015 like when Haiku was in its beginning uh peak, I actually was one of the few people who managed to coerce a whole entire full Karasuno group. So if you saw a full Karasuno team running all holding hands together, that was me. <laughs> that is um, so incredibly 2015. I love it. Really is um, and I feel like a lot of people also recognize me. Because I did a Spirited Awake cosplay in 2013, and my friend was Shihiro, and I was Lynn. But when we did our shoot, we actually crawled under the red bridge, and people were like, I saw you under that bridge. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people did. <laughs> I miss that red bridge. RIP. I do, too. I miss the dock and the bridge. So I'm Actually, no, it's red dock, regular colored bridge. I miss, but I miss both of them equally. Yeah. So there's my side note. Back to Degrassi. Back to Degrassi. Anyway. Anyway. So uh, is that now we're back in the school? Yeah, we're back to we're back to (laughs) front of school because they're talking about the uniforms. And I mean, Tease put it so eloquently. They're talking about like the uniforms and getting uniforms. There is discussion of getting more saucy looking ones with crop tops and things like that. Darcy is pretty uh, not as interested in that. So this is where we begin to see the proposal, which makes sense for Darcy, right? Because Darcy has always been the more conservative, the more Christian character. So she she instead is like, hey, instead of doing that, let's look into getting guys on the team. Um, let's look into like changing up the choreography that way so that we can go to nationals. And of course, Manny is miffed because Darcy is just in her own head, reacting to the scenario and coming up with this type of stuff. And Manny is just trying really hard to be able to collaborate. Um, And Manny, at the end of it, is finding herself nostalgic for Paige. Um, I don't entirely blame her. (laughs) Yeah. um, And then we cut to our, uh, then we cut to the classroom where JT is excited that he has a audition to get his old job back. Um, he's also chewing copious amounts of gum. Um, he was. And Liberty is just like, look, I'm trying to watch the announcements, and you're also a child, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really funny, because it's like the whole classroom is possessed, and it's like one of those things where I was sitting there, I was like, I can't tell what point, and like, this is where like Degrassi's lack of time and like lack of season is so hard, because I'm just sitting here, I'm like, am I supposed to read that like this is the end of the year? Am I supposed to read that this is the beginning of the year and the teacher has lost control of their life? Like, what is going on well, here? I, my freshman year of high school, we were in a really disastrous Algebra 1 class to the point where mid-class, mid-semester, we would play calculator baseball. And yep. uh, one of us would, like, uh, crumple up a piece of paper and the other one would use a uh, a calculator as a bat. Like, this was, like, October. And, yeah. And, like, our teacher just didn't have any control over the classroom. So maybe it's one of those situations. Maybe the homeroom teacher is just an absolute mess and holds no commanding whatsoever i i don't know if i've talked about this on the podcast yet or i've only talked about it on voice chat so it feels like i've talked about it on the podcast but like it, it, it the my frame of reference for for true lack of con- classroom management is um that i was i uh, i visited a homeroom um because get this my friend was getting pierced in that homeroom and we what 
we uh, went into the homeroom and we we told the teacher that's what was happening and the teacher is like and i like i was like i don't know if this woman's gonna let us do it and like my friends are like no it's fine it's fine watch and we were like hey like we're gonna pierce our friend's ears and the person was like well we'll just make sure it's sanitized and like oh my god my friend had whipped out a lighter in the middle of class and, like, ran it across a massive safety pin before shoving it through my friend's ear. Oh, my God. That's so high school. Jesus Christ. Right? And it's like, you know, the... the <laughs> I was just... And that's the thing. It's like, with me, it's like, I saw some wild shit. I, I was not getting the piercing. But I was so like... you saw it. <laughs> but I was always like near the wild shit. Like I, I that's that was me too. I was a lot of people's like responsible friend. Like mm-hmm. I was very much a mom friend in middle like in high school. But like I I was witness to some shit. I feel like yeah, like that's the kind of shit that I witnessed. But yeah, like that. It, I, and like as a kid, I was like it's a little weird. But like we're getting it done, cool. Mm-hmm. But like now as an adult, especially as an adult who works with kids, I'm like what the fuck? That woman should have been fucking fired. <laughs> Like immediately. I was too tired in high school to do anything wrong. <laughs> That's also between, fair. Between uh, between the, the, the um, between the depression and going to shows with my my college age sister, I was just like, "Fuck it, I just want to get through this shit." Go <laughs> That's so fair, though. I just. Yeah, but, like, anyway, I, I agree, Tease. I think this is the same energy as your, your algebra class. Uh, I, I think we were at levels of calculator baseball in this space. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but, um... It just was so loud. And, like, I get it. Listening to the announcements sucks. Like, they're usually too quiet or they're too loud. There's no in-between. Depending on what room you're in, depends if the volume on the TV works or even if the TV turns on by itself. Like, I get it. It's a lot. But also, like, please, the announcements are on for a reason. I want to hear what the fuck is going on. <laughs> exactly. And, like, Liberty's just going through it. Which mm-hmm. is, like, Liberty's life, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I want to hear about my squ- my rectangle pizza. Thank you. <laughs> I want to know if I have tennis practice today, bitch. Like, come on. <laughs> just the pure indignity of that like like do i get to take home the early bus or the late bus fucking i want to know literally the worst was oh my god i don't know if you guys were drama club kids but like the worst was knowing that drama club would end way past like especially like the spring musical would end way past the late bus and i had to be like mom mom can you come pick me up <laughs> and like i mean my mom was good about it but sometimes i was like can you can you drive chris home too (laughs) like god bless my mom but i need the announcements i need to know what's going on yeah sorry sorry one quick side tangent um i had an aunt well i still haven't the same aunt. (laughs) I, i have an aunt who's not very good in a crisis i had to stay behind to finish a math test and i'm just like yeah, this is pre-cell phone times, or at least I didn't have a cell phone. And I'm just, like, wandering around the school, and I'm just waiting for, you know, the 3.30 bus. And um, I get, there's an announcement, Franklin Coda, please come to the office, your aunt is on the phone. Oh, no. <laughs> I said my full name. I'll cut it out. <laughs> Franklin, redacted. Um, 
and I go to the office, and my aunt's on the phone. She's like, why weren't you on the bus? Like, I had to finish a math test. I was like, okay, I'm coming to pick you up. Your grandma's in the hospital. Click. What? So it took about 10 to 15 minutes to get to my high school. So for that 10 to 15 minutes, I'm like, why is my grandma in the hospital? Well, I had a similar experience. I mean, now we're just going on tangents. But when I was in middle school, I had a choir concert. And, like, during my solo performance, actually, my grandfather got a stomachache. And he puked, like, in the middle of the performance. And, like, they actually had to call an ambulance for him and stuff like that. And, like, shout out to my music teachers. But I was like, oh, when it happened. And then the next day, this kid on the bus who was also in choir was like, Teresa. Teresa's my full name, by the way. Uh, did you hear about that guy that had a stroke during the choir concert? Like, you dumb fuck. That was my grandfather. He just had a stomach ache and puked. Like, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I'll ever recover from this moment. <laughs> I mean, nobody remembers it except me now. But in that brief middle school moment, there was true, like, I'm going to be so demoted when it comes to popularity. I mean, that's what happens. It's like, it's like, we talk a lot about, like, the weight of issues, especially mm-hmm. on the show. And, like, when you are, when in this case, like, they are teenagers, like, yeah, like, some of the things that we as adults may find it, like, you know, whatever, or, like, you're going to move past this, trust me, I know, like, they, you don't know when you're 16, and you especially don't know when you're 13. So. No. <laughs> I think also just none of us want to actually talk about the episode. No, okay. Uh, I'm going to write no. this. I'm going to bring us back. So, um, we have um, JT dicking around, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Peter eventually shoots his shot regarding cheerleading stuff, whatever. We'll skip that. It's not really that important. Well, hold on. Um, We have to get to the part where um, Peter is standing next to his mom, who's the principal of the school. Um, And, like, he says, good morning, Emma. And, and, like, Emma, it was his last girlfriend who dumped him after he found, she found out he left the drugs in his, in her ex-boyfriend Sean's locker. Um, And she said, just walked by. I just love the audacity of insulting somebody in front of their mom, who's the principal. Mm -hmm. So good. I was like, why is she such a bitch? (laughs) We honestly do not have the tangent time to, like, go all the way into Emma. Bonus episode one day. (laughs) The machinations, us explaining the machinations of Emma Nelson. Jesus. <laughs> One day, how about this? We'll just produce a like a team four star like Degrassi season one in ten minutes. We're just <laughs> us screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, but, please. But she just walks by, just like there's nothing good about the morning or you. It just keeps going. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's like. <laughs> It's like Emma, Emma cashes in, like, one moment every season that I'm like, yeah, Emma, and, like, that's it. She's maxed out. Episode, episode five, we're done. I mean, Emily, things have been hard for her, so I'm glad she also just gets an episode just to be like, I'm just gonna lead back and chill, and, like, hopefully be there for Manny when Manny, uh, comes home. Um, because once again, nothing, I'm just gonna say what, uh, should I, okay, tease. Do you need me to, like, bring up backstory stuff? Because Manny lives with Emma after Manny got um, found out for trying to get breast implants. What? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, now now I just want to do it because your reactions are so good to her. (laughs) Ah! Oh, my God. 
fucking hate this show. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Um, no, it wasn't because of the breasted playlist. I think it was because of the flashing video that Peter posted everywhere. Okay, a, lot, okay. a lot has happened in these six This was like I all in one fell swoop. Jesus Christ. And if you and I know I'm not on camera, so we can't see each other, but I'm gesticulating wildly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm doing very much so that like, oh my God, I'm covering my face a little bit out of shame and fear all in one. So... So yeah, so that's that's why Emma is, to use your words, such a bitch. But, Jesus Christ! All of you get therapy, please. I beg of you. There is a school psychologist. Oh, but does she do anything? Well, here's the thing: she does something, but I wonder if she just doesn't have enough time to to clean up all of the messes of Degrassi Community oh, High. Jesus, Degrassi Community High needs, like, seven psychologists, not just one. <laughs> yeah, like, Soleil can only do so much. She tries her best, I guess. She does. She does. Soleil, I do believe, does try her best. However, I don't think there is enough of her to possibly go around to figure out all these issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, near as we can tell, there's, like, four teachers. Anyway, that too. We're rehashing things we've been through. We gotta keep it pushing. We gotta go. Gotta go. All right. So we end up in the hall as JT talks about how to Toby about how Liberty must think he's so immature. Um, and as this is happening, we see Mia, whom we were introduced to very recently. Um, and Mia talks to JT because her daughter, Bella, loved JT when he was on the um, the public access show that he hosted before he quit to make more money for... Um, because Liberty, because of Liberty's pregnancy, um, and of course, uh, is he Jake... Liberty's baby daddy? Yes. Yeah. Go off. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Thank you. But um, but yeah. So of course, JT is uh very very intrigued by being given attention from another girl, and of course, Toby is not helpful in this department because Toby is never helpful when it comes to women. Um, and we see the beginnings of another very old school kind of scheme going on for these two. I mean, if, if it, you know, for me, it just felt like, well, this is just an added bonus on like, old TV job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's hard for me to, like, I, like... Man, I, I flipped so quickly on these characters. I saw JT acting like all this shit, and I was just like, oh no. And he, like, his his rankings in my head slid down back into the dirt. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fan of this current JT. I feel like... I am. Most of the time. Like he, 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 he was such a little gross horn dog in the first few seasons. Um, and now, like, I feel like... He, now that he's had to... Uh, I'm kind of wondering if I like him just because now he's basically being treated the same as a female character on Ooh. the show. As in, like, he has to deal with consequences for his actions, unlike most of the men on the show? Yes. Like... I think that's something uh, to do with it. Yeah, like, he um, worked at a pharmacy, he st- stole pills to try and support his... Um, he, he was trying. He tried mm-hmm. to be a he tried to be a father when that seemed like a viable option. It wasn't, but they they tried their best. And like, 
you know, normally I would say that he was just like, after a physical relationship with Mia, but I honestly feel like he would actually treat her well. Like, mm-hmm. when, when he was dating Liberty, he was fun and good and, like, was respectful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll give him credit for that. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not... For me, this is just a scheme of, like, well, I want to do this thing anyway, so screw it, I'll do. Like, maybe I can also... Because, like, as near as we can tell, Liberty and JT are over. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't he move on? There was that pining, though. In yeah. between those windows, that that was not a look of, this is over. This is a look of, something is going to boil over very, very soon, <laughs> in my I agree. opinion. No, I agree. I mean... I think they're gonna they're gonna have some words very soon especially during that scene when liberty was about to start talking to jt Ooh. and then he interrupted and was like can i talk to you and i was like but liberty's talking to him like in my notes i was like how could you do liberty this dirty like no i agree how could you do this to her i feel it i feel it i i feel it like could he have good intentions with mia i i think so but like I feel like you gotta, you gotta, like, tie up the loose ends with Liberty. What's going on? Staring mm-hmm. through the windows into the courtyards and shit? There's longing. There's yeah. yearning. There is There's yearning. heterosexual yearning. Oh my god, the rare, but sometimes happens, heterosexual yearning. <laughs> heterosexual yearning. <laughs> Tease and me sitting here going, but what about the hets, though? Can't relate to them. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could hear less about the heads. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of these in the show. There are, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of heads in general, but there's a lot of heads on the show. There are. One, there are. There was one glorious boy named Marco who was a shiny light when he was at the Crossy. I wish there was more episodes about him. He graduated, to be clear. he He's okay. in college. He's not dead. He's, he's not dead. Marco. <laughs> and at one point, he smooch craig a bi icon if i ever saw one well wow. we headcanon oh. him as bi he he should okay. have been bi tease if you saw this character and you saw his like arc and everything and yeah. and he, he we was... all know a bisexual when we see one. Oh, we do we do yes. and like we've talked on the show before and i acknowledge look i understand messy bisexual characters like you know we we should we, there should be a whole range of types of bisexual characters but like craig is bi deep in my heart that is my headcanon I understand completely. Right? It's just, I just, one day I'm just going to be really self-indulgent and, like, anyone who's subscribed to my AO3 is going to be like, what's going on? Why is there suddenly a Marco Craig fic being updated <laughs> by this user? I'll support it. I'll press, I'll give you kudos. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. My, like, Degrassi fics are still getting, like, kudos from people that aren't Donnie. I'm like, who the we're still going for Degrassi fix. Okay. I love that. While we're taking this pivot, I'm going to be honest. I was really curious yesterday, and I didn't feel like reading a Fire Emblem fic or Hades fic. So what I decided to do was read some Degrassi fic. And <laughs> it is a fascinating deep dive, especially because there's so many characters. It's very interesting to see who latches on to what. And, like, in the case of... Uh, Degrassi, like, obviously, a lot of the fic has been lost to time, because a lot of it was, like, on the end, or on live journal, or, like, on 
a lot of different things, but like what has actually been posted to AO3 and like the characters. Somebody had a meta about like a later character um, and like being read as having borderline personality dis- personality disorder. There was uh, someone's headcanons about the fertility of the Nelson family to explain a fan kid. I. Wow. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, there was a, oh, the obligatory no coronavirus AU. Oh, God, I wish. God, I want to live in that AU so bad. <laughs> my friend my friend posted a fic recently um, and had to tag it that. <laughs> or, like, you know, be clear, like, oh, this is an AU. Because, like, they wanted it to line up with the release of an album of some sort. Um, and they were like, well, you know, I'm gonna have to, like, make it really clear that, like... Damn, big brain. I always love writing fix in relation to music and stuff like that, so... Right? I, like, I felt it. I, I was really like, yeah. I respect that. I yeah. really, really respect that. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I really feel like we should do, like, a strange Aeon's deep dive into, like, the Degrassi Tumblr and... Oh my god, come on my podcast for this. Yeah. Like, this is perfect. My podcast, like, the podcast that I work on the most right now is um, an internet fan space history podcast, but in general, just, like, fan spaces in general. Mm -hmm. So I would love if you guys came to talk about Degrassi. Oh, absolutely. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we can talk that. We can talk that because, like, it had a very vibrant Tumblr fandom. Um, it had, it also was, like, really big on LiveJournal, and then most importantly, it had the N forums, which is where most of my experience with the fandom was, was on the message boards. Oh my god, okay. So, we can def talk about that. Back to the plot. (laughs) Back to the plot. Um, so we go to, um, the gym, and the boys are trying to do their tryouts. The boys are kind of a mess, except for Peter, because of course, but, um... Peter, the thing about Peter that pisses me off is, like, I'm I'm trying to look at it like this, right? It's like, okay, Donnie, try and, like, see this from the writer's perspective and, like, their attempt at, you know, maybe giving him some sort of redemption. But the thing about Peter that really puts me over the edge is every single time he, like, does one of the lifts or he does one of the, um, you know, one of the moves of any sort, he, like, is lecherously glaring at like Manny and or Darcy like oh yeah look at me yeah I know what I'm doing like you're looking at me and I'm just like I hate this little man I just like go away <laughs> it's just like it's very interesting how like not really I don't know how I don't really know if it's that interesting maybe but it's just like the way that that this that this show is trying so hard to make you have some form of investment in Peter, whether it's Peter the antagonist or Peter the, you know, redeemable person. They put so much attention on him. And it's not even like, it's it's like he's legitimately in so many episodes. He's in so many A-plots in some way, shape, or form. And it's like he's not an all-out, like, like, you know, antagonistic kind of character like they were trying to do with Jay. And he's not, like, framed as, like, a bully like Spinner was in the beginning of the series. It's like they, they're they very wishy-washy with him. But it doesn't ever, like, I, even as a kid, was like, this man's bad. This is a bad dude. I do not like him. He's not entertaining either. As terrible as it sounds to have to quantify characters as such. The other thing, the other thing with Peter is I'm just like, everybody knows. Yeah. Like, everybody knows Peter's a scumbag and we're just letting this ride. 
and like there was of course Danny and Derek in this like thing where fucking one one of those two knuckleheads says like oh like when do I get to grab some of these inner th- Manny's inner thigh disgusting. I was like, did fucking Minotaur show up today for, like, a Degrassi show? Like, God, Beavis and Butthead, okay. You know, you guys were trying out for cheerleading. I was just like, stop, shut up. Like, every time, and especially later on when they show Darcy that they have her pictures. And I'm just like, oh, like, I want to just, like, rip your throat out. Leave her alone. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, ooh, my computer can't pay it off. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. I hate you. Like. Oh my god, I I hate gross, stinky little boys. I hate them. High school boys, awful, <laughs> evil. Not my friend. No, they're not. And it's just like, it's like it, this this thing that I keep experiencing. And Tease, I would love to hear kind of your thoughts about this because as a as a person who's been watching this, you know, habitually, um, there's this very tough thing that I and as well as Frank, have been trying to, like, make sense of in this show, which is this balance that they kind of are having issues with, which is there's this desire to make this more like a soap opera, right? Mm-hmm. Having those, like, really overdramatic beats and, you know, having, like, a lot of, like, interpersonal strife that is, like, you know, very captivating. But there's also this part of the show which is more based in, like, its origins, which is to be more of a... um you know, after-school special type of deal, which we uh-huh. see a lot, especially in, like, original, original Degrassi entities. And I feel like, while obviously, like, soap operas can be informative and they can can be done well, and there have been soap operas that have talked about difficult topics with, with Grace, um, it feels like Degrassi doesn't really know how to, like, find the balance between the two ideas, and I was, like, curious what you felt watching this episode. It does feel like a seesaw. I was... When I was watching this, uh, there's a gremlin that lives inside my brain, and it's called Latching Onto All Information That Podcasts Tell Me. So I've been listening to a lot of You're Wrong About, and they actually did an episode on after-school specials. And a lot of times after-school specials usually do have some moral compass, some uh, lesson to teach and stuff like that. And with Degrassi, I mean, obviously, the main takeaway from these two episodes is to not reveal your information online and especially when this came out like that was such a big topic to begin with like cell phones weren't as readily available so you did a lot of your conversation and interaction with people strangers online like through a computer and I remember like always there's always like these little things like don't say that you're going to a park after school and don't say the name of your little league team because then that might mean that somebody could figure out the name of your little league team and then they could stalk you and kidnap you and kill you and i mean with this episode it is very much so um an after school special in a way it's just a modern one because it teaches you obviously that you need to consider your internet safety you need to consider what you post online i mean when i was growing up the rule was always like would you say this in front of your grandmother and truth be told i don't have a filter in front of my grandmother so that ever really worked on me but (laughs) um there's still that idea that like you're supposed to stick to things like that you should still like you should still be protective of yourself you're talking to a stranger and at the end of the day this episode does in fact mix the high drama of a soap but also then the moral compass of being a good citizen so i can see it but also i do think 
like all things as time goes on it does get lost in the shuffle a little bit when it becomes like at the end of the day so many shows become characterizations of what they originally like caricatures there we go that's where i was looking for caricatures of what they were originally when they first started and i i can see this beginning especially within the interactions that these characters face and just how a lot of them are just like this is my one character trait and this will be my one character trait forever yeah yeah thank you thank you it was it's yes that's how I felt. Okay. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's nice to get like confirmation from someone else because it's, it is one of those things where, um, like if I showed you an episode from season one, you would see some of the same characters and you would probably even see, still see a lot of similarities between some of these original characters in their middle school forms. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it does. It, it's like, it's, I feel like what also ends up happening a lot with the show is it felt like we had so much to to unpack in terms of like the interpersonal stuff in the earlier parts of the series and now it's like much sleeker in terms of how they are written but at the expense of like you said like the characterizations just don't quite have as much of a depth to them as they did in the past and it's like was it still like a teen show sure we can talk about and we did talk about some of the flaws of some of those early episodes but um Mm -hmm. It, it feels less like, oh, these characters are multifaceted and they may have contradictions so much as just these characters fulfilling the agenda of whatever this plot is now. And it doesn't really matter that they contradict what they did last season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just realized we already did a Stranger Danger episode about the internet. We did. Yeah. Literally the first episode. But this is Stranger Danger with nudie pictures. Right, right. Because now these now the actors are old enough that they can take suggestive photos. Which is a whole different set of issues, I think. Because especially, like, yeah, you know not to give out your name and address. But, like, once you get comfortable on the internet, like, you're not giving out your name and address. But you're still showing parts of yourself that's really intimate. Mm-hmm. Just in a different form. And, like, I mean, there's definitely this sense that you're not like hypothetically you know you're not supposed to do it even though you might want to do it and there's I feel like that is a whole different conversation in itself like I had friends in high school who were like yeah I sold my used underwear and I'm like well it's not porn but is that legal (laughs) like (laughs) it's like it's just stinky underwear but like is that questionable content and I mean with Darcy all it I mean it, and all it was at the end of the day it was risque photographs but it wasn't showing anything like it wasn't showing a breast or other private parts I mean but it was still heavily uh what is the word I'm looking for insinuating like especially the fact that she had like that whole schoolgirl get up that, yeah really made me uncomfortable especially because she is a high school student mm-hmm. and as like no 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 and i just there's i feel like that is like you could have a stranger danger talk but you also especially have to have like a sexy stranger danger talk too they're two separate things i agree i agree and i think i think when i think about like how we talk about things on the internet and and this is willing to sound probably hypocritical to anybody who like follows my twitter um but i think what ends up happening is what you said tease like you get comfortable and i i think a lot about activities where like you i feel like like a a common like self-care type of activity is like um you do like the spheres of like 
information you disclose to people and how it's like, you know, there's the things you keep to yourself and there's the things you tell your close family members and and friends and then the things that you tell strangers. And I feel like if if you're like deeply online, um, when you do that activity, like it looks drastically different between like what you tell people if you're interacting with them face to face and what you tell people online. Like there are people online mm-hmm. that I have told information about that would like would be counted on one of those outer parts of the sphere Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. if it was face to face they would not get that information from me yeah i hear that i totally get that 100 percent. yeah like tease i i interact i still haven't met you in person yet because of the fucking pandemic (laughs) but um i feel like i probably opened up to you quicker because of whatever the comfort of online um, oh yeah, it's a. I actually have written an article about this. Oddly enough, it's like the the internet can be used as a sense of anonymity, when the same reason why like psychologically, it's like studies have been proven that people come out like in relationship to everything in cars more often than they do face to face, like sitting in their living rooms, because uh, you don't have to look forward because the person can be driving, you could be looking out a window, so on and so forth. So it's like you're removed even though you're still in the same space and with the internet you are removed because nobody can see your face you could sit and word things and take as much time as you need to to get your message answered and um it allows for more exploration and more warping of one's own identity as well so i feel like there's this really like the internet is the perfect cesspool to just cause mischief if you really want to no i think that's yeah damn like especially like the car piece like mm-hmm. fuck mm-hmm. uh yup yup yeah no i think i think that definitely has something to do with it but um and i think we see that in this episode too to a certain extent right like darcy is able to open up to adams about her frustrations with spitter that uh-huh. she may not have felt necessarily comfortable telling anybody else especially because Darcy's in and and the show really doesn't give Darcy enough credit for the kind of complicated situation that she's in in the sense of like so when she was initially introduced she's not as like super conservative she's Christian but she's not like the super conservative type of character um and they try to find that balance with it but I think Darcy is in a situation where for all intents and purposes in the show she doesn't really have a ton of very close friends. She has friends that she, like, does club stuff with. Like, she has friends that she does, like, cheerleading with. Um, sorry, my cat found one of her toys and realized she wants to play with it. Um, and, um, and so we have this issue that we I feel like that Darcy runs into where if she has issues with her relationship, she might not feel comfortable talking to her cheerleading friends. And she definitely probably doesn't feel comfortable talking to the friendship club, the Christian group that she's a part of. So who is she going to talk to if if she and Spinner get into a tiff? And the answer does become talking to Adams, talking to this person online, you know, mm-hmm. just messaging when she's frustrated. Um, and I, it is a piece of, I know, like, I feel like they skirt around it in this episode, like this idea of feeling empty and wanting validation. But I kind of wish it, it did go into some of that more, like, you know, trying to connect with people and not, and her, like, genuinely feeling kind of lost in a bigger sense than just, like, oh, her relationship isn't quite fitting as much as she wants. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
But again, that's asking for a lot more for these characterization. Yeah. But, you know, we can, we always like to dream and speculate. Um, But yeah, so we end up at, we have these tryouts. Uh, Danny and Derek are disgusting little boys. Peter is a disgusting little boy. Um, And the problem is, is like, a lot of this stuff that happens is really hits very similar beats to Peter and Emma's whole dynamic in the sense of like, Peter's being kind of creepy, but you know, the girl is kind of into it. And like, you know, she acts really tough to him, but walks off smiling. It's a lot of like the same exact beats that we saw with the whole Emma and Peter, like, will they, won't they date type deal. Um, And as Frank pointed out, when we were talking about this, like, the thing about Peter is like, everyone knows the shit that he has done. This isn't a case of like, Darcy, you know, not knowing the the extent of everything. It's or because like that happens sometimes too, right? Like sometimes there's like there's rumors, things get muddled, or not every detail is out in the open. This is a pretty clear cut. Oh, there was a video being filmed. Oh, Peter was the one who distributed it. Like there was no ambiguity in this uh-huh. scenario. Yeah, and it it just makes it all the more difficult to kind of see it play out again where you have two girls who definitely knew what was going on, who are reciprocating and humoring Peter's affections, and are trying to act like they have control, but are amused by the situation. Yeah, and it's just like, why? Yeah, why? yeah, it, it does kind of hit the why. It, it, that, honestly, that's, that's my issue with it. It's like, and I think that's what I keep running into with Peter, is like, why are we doing this? What's kind of the bigger purpose of having a story like this? And um, and I don't know. I guess there is that piece that could be, which is like, and I don't think it's this either, but like, it feels like it's like, there could have been a way to intentionally frame this as like, some people are dirt and they will try to act like they're not dirt, but they are dirt. Like, but I don't think that's really what's happening. I think they just like, it just feels like Peter becomes, like, they just kind of flip the switch if they want Peter to be an antagonist or if they want Peter to be this redeemable person, and it really does not work. But, um, so we end up on Back to the B-Plot. We end up with JT on set. Um, he has just finished up, I guess, a audition, basically, with um, some of his past bosses from his uh, from his old job. Um, they ask why he wants the job, um, and he explains that he wants respect, and he felt like he was able to get it when he was at the job. The bosses are excited to have him back. He's rehired. That would never get you a job back. <laughs> I mean, the thing about him was he did leave on okay terms. Like, it was a case okay. he he left purely because he was not making enough money at that job and he needed okay. to prepare for uh for the baby. So, he okay. is on good I I believe he's on good enough terms. I don't know how they would necessarily have an opening, but like, you know, I I feel like it's one of those things where it's like half what it might be like. <sighs> Unless they suddenly had, uh, you know, availability. And maybe they did and I just missed the line. But, like, okay. Sure. But he's I got mean, back. I mean, how many... Are there that many, like, actors just really 
like working for or like really trying to get that um low paying job working with teenagers maybe teenagers like small children like how many actors in the toronto area fair enough i I don't know i feel like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know like especially if you did leave on okay terms i think you can justifiably be like yeah i want this job back and they might give it to you but also at the same time like saying "Uh, i want respect (laughs) yeah that part i don't know i'd be a little bit like bro it's uh, okay sure maybe sure (laughs) okay oh well anyway you got like well i'll just add you back to payroll (laughs) but yeah but he has it back so good for him um we end up back in spinner's car um Darcy and Spinner are also talking about, like, respect and things like that. Um, Darcy asks if Spinner gets tired of being good, um, and talking about how she's missing something. Like, this is not even subtle. Like, this is, like, literally what they're talking about. (laughs) It's not even, like, trying to be, like, subtle in the thematic, uh, nature of it. Um, and Darcy eventually goes back into her bedroom. Um, Darcy, uh, is told by Claire that, like, she got a lot of email notifications, um, and when, uh, Darcy checks, sure enough, there's a bunch of emails of various people fawning over her, um, and Claire tries to sneak a peek, and Darcy pushes her away, um, and Darcy decides to really take it old school and, uh, try to find some more material by, uh, flipping through her photo book, finding a little bikini photo shoot she took in the woods, and then whipping out her humongous scanner to scan these images. And she leaves the scanner top open, too. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I was I was like, that, that's not allowed. That's not how that works. My scanner wouldn't even work if it was open. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like, at the very least, like, mine would work, but it would blind me. <laughs> be like, oh, I I'm a big-ass scanner. Me too. I also, like, kind of miss, I, I, it made me very nostalgic for, like, um, I mean, this is obviously, like, a, a weird riff on, like, I love, like, teen media's attempts at recreating social media. Um, my page? Yes, like, the, the like, the My Room page. Um, this is clearly supposed to invoke, kind of, like, MySpace, and as it was happening, mm-hmm. it, it made me very nostalgic for, um, when, you would um, do, like, the really uh, convoluted uploading of photos, much like what Darcy did, where it's, like, there's, there's like, a sizable amount of photos on uh, MySpace that are clearly, like, scanned from photos, and then they're all, like, kind of grainy, and, like, kind of, like, they got, like, the, the, the lines in them from when you scanned them and everything, and I was just like, aw. I, I also loved the size of the digital camera and how yes. big the SD card was. I was like, you cannot be taking that many photos on that kind of camera. Like, I I know what that size micro SD is, and I know that maybe can hold 30 pictures tops. <laughs> like, it's really funny because um, I do remember um, I went through a couple digital cameras. Um, and it, like now, like it, it's weird. Like it hit a point where like finally phones just like were updated enough that it wasn't worth it, but I used to always have it. And I remember at one point I did have one of those humongous ones because it was like my mom's old one and it was so heavy. Yes. And I would like have it at the bottom yes. of my bag. But oh like, my God. Yeah. I loved it. It's like, I actually yesterday I was going through my Facebook just like, cause we were on voice chat and everyone was talking about like finding embarrassing photos of themselves. And it's like wild how 
carefully curated like uh, my high school years were and like a chunk of my college years too Mm -hmm. because of it and it's like it's it's interesting it just was a different time to like keep track of information and like now it's like I have plenty of photos on my phone but again like you don't really upload like you used to like you don't slap up Facebook albums like you used to or MySpace albums like you used to oh god yeah I don't know how to take a photo anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I have, like, plenty of photos, but again, it's like, if you're going to post them on Twitter, the most you're probably going to post are four. Or, like, if it's Mm -hmm. Instagram, maybe ten tops if you use the full set. Like, you just don't stick up a full album of you and your friends, like, traipsing around the nearby, like, strip mall like you used to. Yeah, there's just no silly hat photos from spencer's anymore yeah oh my god or like pictures that you took like at the pack sun wearing like an outfit that you did not buy god oh god yes like what are what are teens doing i'm worried what do you mean you don't go to the apple store and take photos in the apple store photo booth and then log into your facebook and post photos from the apple store facebook Like, all that shit is what I did. Uh, But yeah, like, there was this moment of nostalgia that I I was kind of fond of for a very brief moment. Even if what she was doing was not safe or a good idea. um, I did appreciate, like, that that snapshot of, like, obsolescence, like, and how it's just... You don't need all that shit anymore. But um, it was was interesting to to see it happen. Um, So... We go to, I don't know, unless, Frank, do you have any other thoughts about this moment? Not particularly, no. That's fair. Um, We go to the, we go back to the next day, we're in the hall, Um, Darcy approaches Spinner, and Spinner shows off a little and gives her a little bracelet that he made, and the bracelet is apparently from an old leather jacket, he, like, braided the leather together. I found it kind of sweet, in a way. I was like... Oh, huh, that actually, he put a little thought into that. Huh, good for him. Um, Darcy then goes to the media center, and she's checking on her, like, social media stuff. Um, And Peter brings up that he has a friend who is interested um, in checking more of Darcy's content. Which is not good, but, you know. (sighs) 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 Um, so we then go to, uh, cheerleading practice, Derek and Danny suck, and Manny is suffering, um, but Peter, of course, can do a great lift, um, and Manny concedes that he's talented, and it's tough watching this because it's just, it's tough watching this because you know why Manny had these issues with Peter, um, and it feels like it's just not, it just wasn't convincing enough to me that it was a case of her feelings toward him were eroding. No, because we haven't seen any reason for them to erode. Right. Or like, I feel like, and maybe it's another case of like, it feels like, I understand that they they wanted Peter to get into Darcy's sphere, right? And Peter wanted to get into Darcy's sphere and a way to do that would be through cheerleading. Um, but there's a part of me that feels like if there was going to be 
a story that actually properly addressed Manny's feelings on this whole entire thing, it would have had to be a Manny plot. Yeah. It would have had to have been from her point of view. But, um, it, it comes off more like there is her being, like, you know, saying that he's, like, and even then when she's saying, like, oh, he's Satan's spawn, but he's talented, it's, like, it's just not convincing enough. It's just, like, so weirdly lighthearted in the way that they approach it. And it's just, I don't know, it sucks. It feels like time and time again, especially, it just kind of shows to me, like, a lack of respect for this whole entire fucking plot that they set up, like, a season or two ago. It just feels like they were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It only matters when we need it to matter. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure I have an example, but I can't remember currently. Well, it reminds me just kind of like how they, you know, Jimmy got shot, and then Jimmy is now disabled, and then they don't really know how to handle writing a disabled character. It's like they have a character go through something as horrible as what Manny went through with Peter, and then they don't really seem to be cognizant of how that's going to carry over, especially when the guy who, who put her in that situation is not suspended from school. Or expelled, rather. It's because his mom's the principal. Right. Exactly. And, and that should have... the right way you'd use nepotism in this situation. <laughs> like, But it's like, that also could have been something to talk about more, right? Like, mm. the show really does not dig into that enough. I mean, it talks about how he has access to locker information and then can, like, plant weed in, in a, you know, in a locker. But, like... Mm-hmm. It doesn't truly study how Hasselakos um, really can't approach punishing him in a way that... Oh, Juniper just blepped. I'm sorry. Um, but um, it was a blessed image. But um, it really doesn't really go into that structural issue that happens now. Because I'm sorry, like, he would have been expelled at many schools that I've worked at by now. Mm. But, mm. I mean, considering what a massive problem he is, he should really just go to a different school. I mean, it's just, it's, if we want to look at it in a way that's, like, fair, or, like, you know, I guess, like, a very, like, um, unbiased kind of analytical take on it, like, this is not the right environment for him. Like, he needs to be in probably smaller classes with more, like, staff around to, like, you know, intervene if issues are happening. Like, and this issue happens a lot with Degrassi, where it's like, there's this weird part of me that's like, well, of course this type of shit would happen because there's no fucking adults, but there's also one of those things where it's like, there is no, there are no adults at, like, cheerleading, where people could get seriously injured. Yeah. Why do they not have a coach? I think it's just, like, a casting thing. I, I, because we don't have very many teachers in the show. We have, like, maybe literally four teachers that get cycled in and out and it's like we talk extensively about this piece and you know i'm curious how you feel about it where i feel like a lot of teen shows lose their way when they don't have a lot of adult presence in it and it's not even to say that like the adults have to be good adults and they don't have to be like you know moral paragons or anything like that but adults are just very real moments of conflict for teenagers and it just is like I'm just sitting here going like why isn't there an adult around like why and I understand like the excuse would be like well then there wouldn't be a story but I don't really think that's true 
I feel like there's definitely a lot of stories that you could have in relationship to adults and parents and teachers and guidance counselors and coaches and shoot, even like your manager at your part-time job, for God forbid. Like adults create tension because adults question your teen thought process. And sometimes I think having an adult put a wrench in your schemes helps make a better plot, but like you guys said it's casting it's writing it's xyz and it doesn't have it doesn't hold enough stake in the story to these characters i guess but i think they should be there like the fact that you could even have like a risque photo shoot in the gym during cheer practice like that would not fly anywhere at any school i've ever (laughs) been in like no yeah it's just like and that's not to say that they wouldn't figure out how to have that photo shoot, right? Like, oh, true. Yeah. They would 100% figure it out. But it it is one of those things where it's like, it's just odd. It's just weird. And maybe it's also because, like, I'm an adult watching it. But, like, I sit there and I'm just like, this. like, someone could snap an ankle. And, like, none of these yeah. kids know first age. <laughs> yeah. Someone's gonna fall. I mean, people have. And it's like this is not good. This is not good at all. But, like, it, it... And also, it's, like, it's weird that this plot... It's also weird about this plot because we have Darcy and Claire's mom call to them upstairs at the beginning of the episode. Uh-huh. But we don't see their mom at all. Like, even at the end. And it's, like, I kind of like the focus on them as sisters. I think there is something nice about, like, you know, going back to, like, sibling dynamics and things. But, like, not having the mom in it at all in a plot like this is very weird. Like, if we're going to talk consequences, it feels like the mom should be there to, like, reaffirm those consequences. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, what do I know? Um, yeah. But, um, so, we have that whole entire thing happen. Um, meanwhile, JT approaches Mia. This is where we were talking about this earlier, where he's, like, talking to Mia, and Liberty is sitting in the courtyard just over, like, you know, within sight on the other end of the window. Um, JT kind of, like, looks at Liberty before he tells Mia that he got the job, um, and Liberty looks pretty upset about what is happening, um, and then JT invites Mia and Bella to a filming. Yeah, and um, JT, you know, does seem like a natural for this kind of show. He does. He does. I and that's the thing. I I do like. I do like how well he he works with. I he comes off very well interacting with little ones, which is nice to see. Um, especially because like that, I think that happens a lot. Because like a lot of kids and like Degrassi never goes into this. Because Degrassi never does summers. Tease. They never go into summers. Um, but um, it's nice to see that type of character because it does make me kind of think about like myself um especially because like when I was in high school I was always a camp counselor and I was tutoring kids and I was like always working with kids so like I was always working with smalls so like it's nice to see a character that does work well with small children like that and like how you can kind of know if you like working with kids at that age I like seeing that I appreciate that it's also nice to see that JT, even though he fumbles a little bit with what's happening later on in the episode, like, he is receptive and not judgmental toward the fact that Mia has a kid. 
Mm-hmm. That's really nice. You're right. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, Mia, obviously, like, when she got introduced, it was almost instant, like, you know, judgment was being passed on her by Darcy, no less. Um, but it is nice to see that even if there is this hetero yearning on the, in you know, on the back burner, it is nice to see that JT is just like, hey, like, you know, bring your kid. Like, let's have her be a part of this, where whatever this is going to be. Which is quite lovely. It's lovely. Well... Um, then we run into the thing where, um, JT realizes that, um, like, Bella isn't Mia's sister, it's Mia's daughter. Yeah. Um, and he kind of freezes up, and... She says daughter literally within the first two seconds of meeting him, though. Like, how did Yeah, yeah, there's no ambiguity (laughs) there. I, I think he, I think he... Well, then I uh, I think it's because, like, he's being confronted by something he had a very hard time with, not even, like, what, maybe half a year ago? Right. It's it's less of a judgment on Mia and more of him having to confront the very real reality that he did have to, you know, his child is, like, his child was adopted out. Mm. But also, Mia's not privy to that, so that makes it a little bit more complicated. Mm. But, um, and also, you know, Liberty is right there. <laughs> she's right there. She is right she's, there. She's literally right, She hears the conversation, for God's sake. She is right there. Ugh, I, I love Liberty, and I hate that she has to go through this. Oh, she, she deserves so much better. better. She really, truly does. I'm so glad you know this after, like, watching two episodes, that Liberty deserves the world, and that's mm. that. Um... Unfortunately, we have to pivot this because we have to talk about, and I'm just going to keep it brief. We're at the gym. Peter, Manny, and Darcy are um, cleaning up after practice, um, and they have a fucking saucy photo shoot, and it made my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it. And I think that's what bothers me about a lot of the scenes in this episode. And we talked a little bit about this when other characters have... It's like that fine fine line that I think we talked a bit about with Manny as she was beginning to explore her aesthetic and things like that, where it's like, you know, is teenage sexuality a thing that happens? Is it a thing that kids explore? Absolutely. But these photo montages are long. They are. And they show so much, too. Yeah. I don't need to see all of this. It's, like, very uncomfortable. And it's just, like, I I just can't believe these montages were put in at this long with good intent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they do it after school, too. Like Yeah. Like, they do on. it immediately after school. It, it should be important. This is actually a plot point because, like, they put in Degrassi banner and things like mm-hmm. that. They're clearly wearing Degrassi uniforms. Um... And it's just, like, it's just, like, the, the, it's just, not only am I, like, upset because, like, they almost bring up that Manny is, like, legitimately, like, potentially going to be activated by this whole entire thing, um, but they just, like, it just drags. It just keeps going. They take off more clothes. They do more poses. And it's just, 
it really didn't have to be this way. And I think that we talked a little bit about this last episode when we kind of were like, how old was Ashley's actress before she started, like, not having clothes on in the episodes? And sure enough, she was 18. And it's just very, um, it's almost more discouraging, I feel like, when it's a show like Degrassi, because Degrassi, for so many seasons, tease, like, these kids were literally in middle school when the school, when the show, show started. It yeah. went, it went seasons with fading to black, or pulling the camera away, or, you know, just not having a sex-heavy plotline, or having a plotline where they think about that maybe they want to be intimate and realize they don't want to be, um, they've spent so many seasons being able to work around that, and seeing them as soon as these kids are able to going in that direction, it really doesn't sit right with me. It's not like a, you know, another type of show where these as much as, like, people joke about, like, you know, these dramas with kids that are, like, 30 years old, it's, like, it almost feels more like a slap in the face when it's a show that goes, resorts to this later on than a show that, from the jump, was going for it. Yeah, I I can totally see that. And they look young. Like, they, I know that Because they are. They're clearly, like, I know that they're adults, technically, or else they wouldn't be having these roles and having these plot lines, but, like as characters like they they look closer to being like teens than like let's say Riverdale or some shit you know so I I totally get that I see exactly where you're coming from yeah it's tough because they are literally like it's just like I don't know it it gives me the same kind of skeevy vibe of like you know the Olsen twins and how people were counting down for them to turn 18 it's like Uh, and Emma Watson too yeah it's just like it's this weird, like, oh, we just can't control ourselves, but it's almost, but it's, like, all the more exploitive because it's, like, the people running the show being, like, oh, now we can have you do this. And it's, like, mm-hmm. I don't fault any of the actors for, you know, being in these plot lines, and I understand that, like, you know, especially for, um, a, like, especially for all these characters, they have been on quite a few seasons of this, and I understand that, like, it's a job, and, you know... I'm not going to fault any of the actors for that, but it, mm-hmm. I do call to question the production itself for making this very conscious decision to have these types of plot lines and have these kids do this stuff. And I do still say kids. I know legally, yes, okay, fine, they're 18 or whatever, but... They're kids. They're kids. They're kids. And... Uh, uh, it, it just was... I don't know. It just made me really uncomfortable... And, you know, we have, um, um, they do the whole entire thing, um, and then Darcy grabs the SD card from the camera, um, and is, you know, again, like, they try to be really cheeky with Peter, and I think that's what really bothers me about it, is, like, it doesn't, it feels like they're like, oh, haha, Peter, we know what you've done, as opposed to, like, the very real thing that they are, like, playing with fire, um, and... She's just like, teehee, I have the SD card now, um, which then immediately transitions to her in the media center, uploading the photos and putting it in a password-protected album on her social media. On the school computer. Yup. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm surprised my room does, is not uh, blocked on the school yeah, computer. Yeah, how is that not blocked? Isn't there, like, I know when I was in high school and taking computer classes, like, they even in middle school too like the teacher could see like 
everything else that's on all of the other screens. Like, you mean you're not going to tell me you didn't see this girl uploading her semi-nudie photos on her MySpace account? On the school computer? Like... <laughs> I will say adult, like, blocking systems on schools are wonky. Like, I've been... It really depends, because the thing is, is, like, it depends on who runs your tech department. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tends to be one of two tech departments. And, and again, there's always nuance and there's always difference. But in my experience, it's either, like, someone who's, like, super old and not really with it, or someone who is, like, super young and definitely with it. And the problem mm-hmm. is, is, like, a lot of the blocking systems, um, at least in what I've been, like, the teachers tend to report the pages. So there have been a couple times where, like, I've been on both ends of it, where I've been like, hey, you know, this is, like, a site that kids are have been using quite a bit and they're getting very distracted, as well as, hey, like, can we unblock this site? I need it for, you know, I need it for class or whatever, and, you know, my kids can't access it. Um, and I've been in schools where they've done a lot of weird things where, and I think what it is, is just like, it's very, there's not really as much of a concerted effort in how to approach it in schools. Uh-huh. And it feels like every school I've been in, something weird has been blocked and something weird has not been blocked. So like, I was at, um, it was really funny because um, when I worked at a, a high school for a couple of years, um, I was notoriously very bad at Discord because it was blocked on their Wi-Fi. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so I would get notifications, but I couldn't actually access Discord. <laughs> and, like, all my kids complained about it. And I I was also complaining about it. I was like, oh, man, like, even I can't use it. But, um, so, oh like, God. I've been in schools where that happened. But, like, the, high, the middle school that I work at, which is also a high school, Twitter is not blocked. Um, oh, right. Like, Twitter is not blocked. Most social media is not blocked. Um, but YouTube is blocked. Uh, so, um, which is not great even for the teachers, like, teachers have to, like, do a lot of, like, you know, uploading later, like, you know, ahead of time, things like that, Mm -hmm. or downloading videos and stuff, because, like, the Wi-Fi has YouTube totally blocked for kids, um, and adults alike, so, like, every, every school is different, but, like, yeah, no, putting it up on the school computer, it's, uh, it's, it's playing with fire, Darcy. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, of course, she, like, leaves the school. And, of course, they do it really dramatic. Like, it's so dark in there. Like, only the glow of the monitor is all, like, the only light source. And then she walks out. Lights are off. People are done. Um, And then she walks out and it's, like, light out. And Spinner is waiting for her in front of his car. And that's when she says the iconic, um, I can't hang out long. I have emails to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. She sure does. God. <sighs> My goodness. I, yeah. So we end up back at set. Uh, Mia and Bella are watching JT film. JT is very delightful, admittedly. He takes an orange pie to the face like a champ. Um, and Mia asks if JT wants to come with her and Bella afterwards to get food. Um, and JT, like, really fucking fumbles it. Mia reads it as like oh like you know he is judgmental he's casting judgment on me and jt totally like loses loses the opportunity in that moment moving on to the next scene we have darcy sharing the password with adams um and like you know 
Darcy is kind of securing uh, money for uniforms through this method. Um, and, you know, things are beginning to really go south on that plot. We end up in the hallway again. Liberty approaches JT. These poor hats are yearning. Um, Mia immediately asks if she can talk and Mia gets the first conversation in. Um, they talk about, um, they talk about, like, what had happened the day before. JT apologizes, and to make up for the situation, JT offers to take Mia and Bella out for ice cream. And, of course, Liberty is right in earshot. She hears the whole fucking thing. She is crestfallen. And are we out on that? <laughs> no, we got, unfortunately, one more thing. Which is, uh, we're at the gym, the boys are practicing, um, Manny reveals the uniforms that they have gotten, uh, they're hot-tastic uniforms, um, and Manny brings up the, you know, brings up some concerns with the, with the photos, um, Peter is aggressively like, nah, it's fine, Adams is my friend, yeah, it's fine, don't worry about it. Um, and obviously we are worried about it, but, uh, you know, we have to move on to the next episode. Um, I know we're going just in order. I, can we just clear out the B-plot from this one? Because it's three scenes of nothing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. This is a pointless B-plot. It really was. It really fucking was. Um, I don't know if we have any other closing thoughts about the first episode. No, not really. No, yeah. not really. Alright. So. Um, so... I'm just going to quickly zip through it. Yep. Um, Ellie and her editor boyfriend are um, getting smoochy smooch on his desk where he swipes everything off, um, causing a mess that they're going to have to clean up afterwards. Frank was really Uh, upset about that moment, by the way. I don't blame you. (laughs) I just think it's stupid to be like, swipe, oh, okay, cool, we're done, you know, whatever, being intimate. Now we have to just awkwardly and slowly pick up everything. Um... And, uh, it, it's basically, like, Ellie is not ready to take it to the next level. He is, and, like, but they're also not communicating correctly. Ellie goes to, you know, um, I guess their local women's center, gets some information about, uh, protection, like, bumps into him, drops everything, and is embarrassed, and she doesn't want to, like, just be a little kid anymore. Uh, and I think I was kind of checked out because I don't remember exactly how it ends. I mean... They stay together, break up. They do stay together. They talk a little bit about how, basically, like, they need to talk about things, and they kiss. Um, it's... I feel she like... She tries to resign from, from the newspaper and yeah. break up with him all in one breath. Yeah, she tries that shit. It doesn't, you know, they... They don't... Obviously, she doesn't go through with that stuff. It's... <sighs> This plot is treated so inconsequentially, and I'm kind of bummed because, like, I would have actually liked to see this plot done sincerely, probably without this bullshit power play between, like, the, you know, her being with the editor of the newspaper. Because I do think that what Ellie is speaking to, like, I really like the scene between her and Ashley in the sense of, like, I think it's a real struggle that happens for kids um, when they go from high school to college. Um, if you are a kid who, you know, didn't have very many sexual experiences yet, um, and just kind of having to acknowledge, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And, like, maybe you are with a partner who does have a little bit more experience and how that can be very stressful. And, like, you want to do it right. 
and you want to, like, you know, you want to not be seen as, you know, a, a burden in the process of it, as ridiculous as it may sound to some people. So, like, I do a pre- it, it, of the college plots, this one has the most college feel for me of the ones that we've seen so far. Um, unfortunately, it's just kind of really arbitrarily inserted, um, and I do wish it was, um, worked with in a different way, because I do think it is a very real college issue. I also feel like this is just not a plot that works very well, complementary, it, it doesn't really complement the A plot very well either. It, it just is like, I feel like the, it's a quieter plot, and that doesn't necessarily mean that a B plot is not, has to be like super loud to, uh, compare to the A plot, but I think that it is almost too quiet, um, and just not quite the right fit. But, you know, an attempt was made, I guess. I don't, I don't know. We, I'm always at odds with the B-plot, I feel like, whenever I'm on these podcasts. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to think at this point. Like, I remember liking the, the B-plot premise more as a kid than as an adult having to analyze this week to week. Uh. But maybe that was the point. Maybe it was just for, for kids to watch it and be like, oh, we're changing point of view. Oh, we're somewhere else. That's fun. Maybe that's all it's uh. supposed to be. But yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts about this B plot, or shall we? We have the finish line in our in our site. Let's go. All right, let's go. Um, so, uh, Darcy is outwardly uh sending sending messages as Snake is trying to run class. She's clearly DMing Adams. Um, Adams is doing the whole, oh, you're so perfect, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through this, oh, you're so wonderful, you don't deserve this, you know, the whole entire thing, the, the whole entire, exactly what she wants to hear. Um, Snake, uh, has her stay after class and brings up some concerns, um, and, you know, is like, hey, just so you know, the activity is fucking monitored, I can disable the chat, you should not be using the chat, um, and also is like, hey, your grades are also slipping, I'm worried. And, like, as Frank said, for, like, five minutes, Snake was actually coming off, like, a maybe competent teacher. Yeah. You know. Dar- Darcy tries- I'm sorry, tease. It's okay, okay. I was just gonna- I was just, just laughing. laughing. <laughs> oh. Um, Darcy tries to say that's private, and he's like, it's school policy. <laughs> There's no privacy here when you're on the school's computers. Yeah. Um, she, and she excuses herself. <laughs> yeah, she's super dismissive. She's like, okay, bye. Like, bye, see ya. <laughs> Whatever. Which is a pretty teen interaction, right? Like, I feel like I've had that happen where it's like, hello, hello, you're about to spiral. I am telling you right now you are about to spiral because I am an adult and I've seen this before. And then the kid's just like, alright. Peace. It's like, great, great. Glad we had this talk. At least I can put on, on record that I tried. Um... And this is, like, the only time other than when the police are called, really, that, like, an adult interacts with this plot at all. Other than, I guess, Adams, but he's just a predator. But, like, it's it's really weird. That's it. That's all we have for adult intervention. Yeah. So, um, then we get a scene between Darcy and Manny. Um where 
Darcy wants to, they're talk, she's talking about like actually doing another photo shoot with Peter. Um, Manny becomes immediately angry, um, des- deservedly. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm just like, why was not the, the, the video brought up now? Like, why are we still not talking about that? Like, do you not remember the shit I had to go through and Peter's a scumbag? It's weird because I feel like in general the show is very apprehensive to reiterate that. It's, it's like, mm. it's always skirting around of, like, Manny, Manny kind of leans on, like, this very, like, ableist, for lack of better terms, framework, where she's just, like, he's psychotic, like, he, you know, he's Satan, like, he's done all these horrible things, but, like, the show never really allows Manny to just straight up say, hey, remember when he fucking filmed me drunk? Like, again, Manny's the one who deserves to say fuck, um, but, like, um, she never is allowed to be that clear. Um, and I don't really know why, I don't know if it's, like, a censorship thing, I don't know if it's, like, a, or what, but, like, she's never allowed to just straight up say, hey, remember when this fucking thing happened to me? Um, it's always, it's always within the framework of, um, you know, leaning on, like, you know, once again, he's a psycho, he's, he's this, he's that, and it's very interesting that she's never, and I, it's very interesting because I don't really know why they don't have her say it, um, but, it's also, like, they're at odds with each other because she's trying to frame it as, like, Peter is not someone you can trust. Peter is not trustworthy. He is, you know, he has done bad stuff. He will continue to do bad stuff. And Darcy is willfully ignorant. And is like, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm with Spinner, remember? I'm with Spinner. I'm with Spinner. And, you know, they're just butting heads. They're not seeing eye to eye. Um, and it does kind of reiterate, um, in many ways, Darcy's hypocrisy, but it's also, like, not really going into it, and again, because Manny can't just be clear about it, because Manny, this would have been the time for Manny to be like, hey, remember when you, like, totally shamed me about this whole entire thing? Remember how you've said such horrible things about me because of this whole entire incident, and now you are getting away with it? Like, it may not have been the most, um, you know, they're teenagers, I don't think this would have been a conversation that would have had so much nuance, but I think it would have been interesting and worth thinking about because in many ways, again, it's Peter distributing or facilitating distribution of, of, you know, suggestive media featuring girls. Um, and because Manny can't be clear about what has happened to her in the, within this dialogue exchange, we just don't really touch upon any of this stuff. I think it's because, I think it's the same way that like news outlets, you know, use certain kinds of language to protect, like, predators. Like, you know how it'll be like, um... Young man, teen boy, teen survives XYZ, but in reality they're, like, 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, 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 like, you know, um... You know, young man, or, like, man has sex with underage, like, woman... Temptress sleeps with older man, and she's like sixteen or some shit. Like, and it's just I th- I feel like it's just like we can't they the grassy like the grassy writers don't want to still play off what Peter did as boys will be boys, and if they bring up and say exactly what it was, which is sexual assault, they w- cannot get away with that. So mm-hmm. that's why they just frame it, have Manny frame it the way she does. Yeah. And then she she can also be read as hysterical and everything. Yeah, no, nah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just, again, 
there are so many characters on this show. I think that's what confuses me. This isn't like a tight cast, right? This isn't like a cast of like five characters and it's like, well, everyone has to be like okay enough to still be a protagonist in it. This cast is huge at this point and they are not afraid to introduce new characters. So it's like them hanging on to Peter is so weird. And maybe it's something as simple as maybe it is. Maybe it's not, you know, we talked a little bit about nepotism. Maybe it is something like this actor, for whatever reason, has someone who knows someone who works on the show or something like that. But it's just, like, it's just so messy. It's so messy and so hard to, like, consume as a viewer because of it. Yeah. So, we have uh, the next two scenes are in, um... Spinner's car. (laughs) Back in Spinner's car. Well, um, we go just to Darcy's room where she wants to, like, she dismisses Claire and wants to show him something and shows him the pictures of Manny and herself. And he is, like, I'm just horrified by this. And he's like, and she's like, no, I put them online, but, like, behind a password. And he's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> right, right. It's just like and it's like, you no, know, like men are just looking at it and he's just like that's not all they're doing. And they're giving like, me money, money because, because they're, they're looking, looking at, at my photos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so like he is just so aghast and appalled by this and leaves. And then we have another thing of Darcy talking to Adams, and he's saying the same thing that, you know, once again, saying the thing she wants to hear. Um, Right. And then we cut to Peter's house, and another horrifying, like, they have a brief discussion that Spinner and Darcy might be breaking up, um, and then they have another gross photo photo shoot. Uh, this one's tough yeah. too we talked about it earlier but like the schoolgirl shtick it's it's gross. and then the fact that like she shows like, like she's in a bikini for a few of those pictures too eating the apple it's yeah, I don't like it she's a child I'm, I'm in my 20s go away I don't want to see you right it's just like uh, like and I I'm sorry, I just can't believe the purpose of that is to appeal to the teen audience, right? Like, I can't, I, I don't trust anyone who, who does scenes like that, writes that, you know, writes into it, produces those scenes, and is like, no, it's just, you know, to keep the teens interested. It's like, I don't know. Which teens are you talking about there, bud? Right? It's like, obviously, like, you know, there are plenty of teens that you know were more uh were uh, less terrified of their bodies than me when watching Degrassi but (laughs) (laughs) oh same (laughs) oh Jesus Christ same (laughs) but like as someone who was deeply terrified of my physical form um same yeah I can't say I was uh watching Degrassi to enjoy watching uh you know scenes like this so I just I don't know. I just have a, a very, uh, maybe it's just me not trusting anybody, but like, I just, ugh, I, and again, this scene goes so long. There's like multiple shots. It's like, I'm watching this photo shoot longer than I'm watching Australia's Next Top Model right now. And it feels like Australia's Next Top Model. Like those photo shoot scenes are going shorter than this. I don't like it. It's not good. Um, 
But yeah, I think in my notes, I literally said, we have to see too much of this. That's how it feels. Um, We go into the next day. uh, Danny and Derek are talking about um, Darcy's My Room page. um, And they brag about how they, how one of them was able to hack into the album. They have printouts, color printouts of the photos, of just the webpage, actually, not even the photos, just the whole fucking webpage. Um, and, um, they're, like, talking, and, like, she's like, well, why, you know, why were you trying, why were you even on my page? They're like, well, you're hot. Um, and she snatches the, like, you know, she snatches the printouts from him, from them. Um, she eventually, like, she eventually, like, has them, gives them hush money, basically. I do like that she was, like, yelling at them, but, like, opening up a tiny little, like, little, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that part Where was she keeps good. her loonies and her toonies. <laughs> that part was good. That part I appreciated. Like, chastising these two boys as she is slowly zipping her tiny little, uh, her tiny little, uh, change purse. I was, I was a fan of that piece. That, that was kind of it, though. Um, so, you know, she deals with that incident. She goes to the media center. She's mess- She is um, trying to and contemplating canceling her My Room page. As she's doing that, Adams is messaging her, being like, hey, 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 you're online. Hey, pay attention to me. Um, and as she quietly considers responding to him, she cancels the account. Yeah. And then we get our competition with... Oh, and... I think this is also when Adams is just wandering through the school. Um, God. Also, Degrassi is like, no, no front security. Hasselak- you mean you don't have to ring the doorbell and show your ID and say who you're here for and everything? God. Like, like it's, it's tough. And, like, Hasselakos only cashes him because she's at the right place, right time. Mm-hmm. that's the only way he he does not get any further like she's just like oh hey like hey you shouldn't be wandering into a school randomly who are you right like you know trying to gently ask who are you um it's especially like it's especially yeah it's just i guess it's also like very much like i i, I feel like this also might be a little bit like us as uh americans and especially like americans who are from like jersey like i like wherever i think of like that type of shit it's like you have to ring the doorbell you have to stand in front of a camera you have to like go into the mic and say who you are you have to show your id uh-huh. after you get through um you know the schools that i've worked at in new york city like you know they all have like someone at a front desk like looking at your id checking that like you know making sure it's real figuring out where you're going letting the person know you're coming up like it's like mm-hmm. all of that type of stuff so like watching that was like terrifying i was just like oh yeah but but and as um, and as this is happening darcy's trying to hold spinner's hand during friendship club oh my god yeah. <laughs> she sure is it's like you know talking about forgiveness and Spencer and Spinner's like eat shit. Yep. <laughs> she kind of like she looks at him really sadly, like kind of like a hurt puppy look. But also like Spinner's got that look in his eyes that's like hand holding, not with any whores. And I'm like Spinner, are you any better? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's like there is this piece that I feel like is really 
it shouldn't be a conversation, I guess, in, in this at all, because, like, this is not a conversation I feel like a, a teenager should should be having. But, like, I guess there is, like, this very real conversation that could happen of, like, you know, not, you know, not controlling your partner's body and what they choose to do with it and things like that and, like, photos and all that type of stuff. But, like, it's just not happening in this episode. It's, like, and I don't really know if this is quite the age group to have that conversation either. Uh, hi, Dahlia. The biggest baby has arrived. But yeah, I just I just don't think this is the space to have that kind of conversation. That feels like at least like a college age plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and thus uh we get our conversation with Peter. Yeah. Oh Peter, fucking piece of shit. So he made it sound like he knew this person and then eventually just like, well guess what? He's from a chat room. I don't know dick shit about him. And I'm like, oh my fucking god, you fucking monster. Awful. Yeah. And he, like, tries to flirt his way out of the confrontation with with Darcy, um, and he's just, he's just terrible. Um, and I still feel bad for her. Like, as much as we know, and we've been talking about, like, ugh, like, you know, Peter, he's a fucking, you know, he, he's he'll never change type deal. Like, I do feel bad for Darcy, and I do feel bad that, like, you know, she still got caught up. Oh my god, <laughs> Talia just almost fell. <laughs> She wants me to stop thinking about Peter. <laughs> Thank you, Dahlia. You're a hero. Um, but it's just, it's just like I do still feel bad for her because this this sucks. It it just sucks, and um, I I don't know. It's a horrible thing to have to go through, especially when you're a fucking kid. What the fuck? And then so Darcy leaves to go home. Mm-hmm. And that is when she encounters Adams, who followed her... And Claire. The school. Yeah. Um, and Ada, uh, Darcy sends Claire into the house. Claire calls the police. Adams keeps trying to plea with her to talk to him. And then the police show up and drag him away. Um, and then their computer gets taken away for evidence. And Claire and Darcy have a nice little conversation. Yeah. Honestly, one and of the I best parts is that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I do appreciate that, I, I, I do appreciate seeing Darcy be able to handle pressure, and I like seeing, even though I don't want her to go through something like this, I did appreciate that she and Claire, like, you could tell they have a close enough dynamic and they get each other that, like, Claire doesn't need to be told to walk outside with the phone. She does it. Um, Darcy angles Adams away from her to make sure that she doesn't see. And, like, there's this very, like, you could kind of see how tight that they are because they're able to pull this off without a hitch, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did find that last conversation where they're staring at the computer to be quite quite touching, as touching as it could be in an episode like this. Mm-hmm. And it made me wish in many ways that you know, it was more the focal point of this plot. Obviously, like, you know, if if we had to have the plot about, like, you know, the dangers of online and sharing photos and things like that, sure. But I do wish that, you know, Claire got more time and we saw more of, like, that sister dynamic to kind of keep us grounded as opposed to us, like, kind of, like, just having Peter consume so much of that plot. But what do I know? We just spent, you know... 
almost two hours trying to decipher all of this, and I think I'm gonna try and hold close to the fact that I like Claire being introduced, and I like Claire and Darcy as, as sisters. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give this a D minus. Understood. <laughs> like, this could have been so much better if they had actually done literally any, like, work with it. Um, yeah, D minus. Fuck you, eyes of out of face. Yep. Um, Tease, do you have a rating for this episode? Um, on a scale of fresh to stinky, it's stinky. That works for me. That's a scale. That's a scale I can get behind. <laughs> it's, it's a stinky episode. It's a sure stinky sh- episode. It's a good old pile. Yep. Agreed. Oh, this is the worst episode Grassy I've ever seen. Also, the oh. only episode of Grassy. <laughs> That's, That's exactly, exactly it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's not not a great first one. Not not a great first one. Um, I guess now is the time to transition to uh, rec- uh, not recommendations. I wish rankings, character rankings. I'm gonna do it quick. Um, uh, Peter burns in hell forever. Um, Agreed. There's no, there's no redemption for him. Uh, Manny tried her best, gets a bump up three spots. Darcy, uh, I, I don't want to like judge her too harshly because it, it, it seems like more naivete than anything. Mm-hmm. She just gets to stay where she is. Spinner gets to bump up two or three spots for being a voice of reason. Uh, Snake for being a decent teacher for once gets to bump up two spots. Um, Adams gets to sit in the mouth of the devil uh, at the lowest bottom of hell. Um, um, Claire is a perfect cinnamon roll who would never do anything wrong. Um... JT, uh, for clutching it out in the end, I don't really feel like there was a problem, like, I don't, I don't kind of blame him for what happened with Liberty, like, because Liberty didn't seem interested in starting, restarting a relationship with him, so he gets bumped up two spots for starting new, you know, restarting his job and starting something with Mia, uh, Mia also gets bumped up two spots because I think she's just great. Um, Liberty gets to stay where she is. I don't blame her for not wanting to restart anything of JT. Um, and also, like, I feel bad that she was hurt at the end of the episode. Um, Ellie and the editor, I don't care, so I'm just not gonna bother moving them anywhere. Um, I am gonna give that girl who laughed at Ellie, knowing fully well what was going on, uh, real her bump of three spots. <laughs> um... <laughs> But she warned her. She's like, look, this is what the editor does. Like, and she, you know, he, she was not wrong. Um, so, I think that's everybody. Sounds good. Oh, uh, Derek and Danny are also just little scumbags. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible evil. boys. Evil. 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 Um, Tease, any highlights, lowlights, anything in terms of your impressions on characters? Um, Liberty, top tier love her claire also love her emma kind of a bitch but still respect her darcy i just feel bad for like i feel like it really was a case of somebody's giving me attention and i like this attention but also this attention is scary but i like attention so i'm gonna keep doing it and i just i feel for her because being a girl 
in that age and in that time period is really weird and scary. And I feel like I wish this was handled better because I feel like a lot of people could relate to this story in some way or another. So I, I do have some sympathy for her, but uh, at the same time, I'm also like, go fuck yourself, you know? But that's that's about where I stand on all of this. Yeah. Um, I really, I feel like we haven't really touched upon the piece that you just said of like, there are is a degree of relatability in like the wanting to be seen and wanting to be desired and wanting to be t- like at one point when she's fighting with Spinner like she's like like you know they tell me I'm beautiful and things like that and I think that that piece I wish we saw drawn out more so I wish there was more sisterhood I wish there was more uh-huh. talking about beauty and I think really what it is is like I think when unfortunately with Degrassi um, whenever there's a plot with girls it becomes very much about the consequences and not as much about like what it means to be a teenage girl and the emotional experiences of being a teenage girl. And I think that's why a lot of these plots fall so flat because uh-huh. they don't get to that core human feeling and instead get really focused on the consequences. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. But um, let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that we are enjoying, um, whether they are directly related to what we are experiencing um, in this episode or just things that we're, you know, just having fun with right now. Um, I don't have anything too specific to recommend for this. I feel like if I thought about it, I probably have something, but I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, I've been playing a lot of Hades. Go play Hades. It's fun. I'm having fun. Um... I, I'm enjoying myself, and uh, it's an interesting challenge, and um, as somebody who was very nervous to play the game because I assumed I was not good enough, it is fun playing something. Tease, I really liked what you said about Hades on your show. Um, wow. Like, a lot about, like, you know, having to just kind of, like, you know, just try again. Like, okay, if you do not make it the first run, that's fine. Do another I run. I really beat it for the first time today on my 90th attempt. Oh, congrats! <laughs> Thank you. I was really excited. I cried the whole way through at the end. Oh, it's like, yeah, I... It's so beautiful. It is. And I'm so excited to, like, and now I, like, want to beat it again because I know if you beat it more than three times, you get, like, the full ending type deal, so... Yeah. Yeah. Tasty, tasty. Yeah, I beat it three times, and I'm, like, really excited for that next one. Um, But it's, like, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and, um, again, it's, like, failing is part of it as you, if you lose, well, then that means you get to get more dialogue, get more information, get more lore in some way, shape, or form. I just Mm -hmm. really appreciate the game and how it's laid out, especially someone like me who, um, honestly has not, (laughs) I have not really been playing video games for very long. Um, people who listen to the show know this about me. So I would say check out Hades. It's really good. I really enjoy it. Give it a shot. Even if you're not sure if it's the type of game you may like, um, I think the mechanics of it make it um, way more enjoyable, regardless of how many video games you have played. Tease, would you like to recommend whatever you are enjoying? Sure. I also am going to recommend a game. Also, side note, actually, I'm going to have a not recommendation. What's the reverse of a recommendation? What's a? We never really thought of a snappy uh, uh, phrase. I think once in a while we're like an anti evildation. There we go. <laughs> uh, so you, Donnie, you mentioned watching America's Next Top Model Australia. I've been watching the season of America's Next Top Model that's available on Netflix. I forgot how much psychological warfare. Yep. Tyra Banks 
ensues on these poor people. Yep. Like, Tyra Banks is an emotional terrorist. Like, she please, is. Somebody stop her, I beg of you. But uh, besides watching that, I've been playing The Return of Oberdin, which is so sexy. It's made by the guy who is responsible for Papers, Please. And you are an investigator trying to find out how 60 people on a boat have died. And I love it. My senior year of college, I did a fellowship where I actually transcribed uh, naval periodicals and then proceeded to write about how humor is affected within um, outside forces on a microcosm and stuff like that. So to see this game and play this game has been so tasty it is so satisfying when you get something right i i'm really really enjoying it and it's one of those games that like i sit and think about so i don't pick up every day but like sometimes stuff dawns on me when i walk away from the game and it's so cool it's done like two-tone and it's only it's just all pixels baby and the music is good and the process of the game is really worth it i'm really really enjoying it and i highly recommend it hell yeah i gotta check that out also also let me know if you ever want to unpack america's next top model with someone because i rewatched the entirety of it like about a year ago and i have a lot yeah we have to talk about it it's australia's next top model is not i hesitate to say that it's better because i think that um there Australia's Next Top Model runs into a very real issue where, like, I think in the second or third season, they start allowing um, contestants under 18. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of feelings about, like, seeing 16-year-olds doing some of these shoots and shit. But um, it feels, at least watching it, just not quite as much, uh, you know, the... um, The platform for the host to torture young girls. Yeah. Yeah. But we will talk about it off air because I, yeah. I I need to talk about this with someone. Um, <laughs> Frank, do you have a recommendation? Um, I've been lis- listen watching to a lot of the Ox Ventures Guild from Outside Xbox and Outside Extra on YouTube. Um, it's just five of the most charming people you're ever. Well, like, also I'll just recommend the Outside Xbox and Outside Extra YouTube channels in general. Um, it's just like five of the seemingly like just jolly people um playing D&D and they don't um like it's one of those things I feel like it's a very welcoming community um and it's just wholesome and wonderful uh, they have so if you want to listen to um the Ox Ventures Guild it's on a podcast or on their YouTube channel um like it's like it's kind of, for me. It's kind of like old school D and D's, so not exactly like the Adventure Zone that I got into D and D with. Um, but like, uh, they have like a pirate, like a human pirate, a tiefling named Prudence, um, Dob the half half orc bard, who accidentally meant to build an orphanage but excellent the skeletons he used to build it accidentally used the orphans to build the orphanage um oh my god that's the only detail i've brought up so far and it's horrifying <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's very funny and very just sweet and charming um just, you know in the way that D often is um 
so yeah I, I just I, I'll recommend the whole channel because those videos give me peace nice nice so oh, oh. and the, per, the person who made uh, Papers Please and Return of the Oberdin was Lucas Pope I'm thank you uh, thank you I'm a huge fan of his I just want stuff to. is so, so fantastic. fantastic it really is oh, oh my god, god. I want to do a like YouTube let's play of Return of the Oberdin yes it's not something you, I think you can replay multiple times. I've been, so my mom has actually been sitting next to me as I play it. And sometimes my mom helps me. So I was thinking about setting up my switch to the TV. So my mom, her husband, and I could all play it together as well, like on a separate file. That sounds lovely. One, One day. day. So, Tease, you've yes. made it through. I did. Thank you for helping me make it through. Well, thank you for helping us. Um, are there ways that people can either continue the conversation with you or be able to check out some of your other stuff? Yeah, so you can find me on a whole bunch of places, mostly on Twitter, which is Vicunad, V-I-C-U-N-A-D. You can also give a sweet listen to the Fresh Podcast Market, which is kind of um, a goofball podcast where a friend and I... Uh, decide to make up ideas for other podcasts that haven't been invented yet or maybe they have been we never really look it up um half of the time it just kind of devolves into us talking about what movie we've watched recently so that's always fun but if you want something that's a little bit more structured and serious i'm also a part of author's note don't like don't listen and that is an internet uh and fandom general history podcast so We've talked about fun things anywhere from, like, the ABO lawsuit to, most recently, uh, the Skyrim romance mod and all of that jazz. You can listen to Author's Note pretty much anywhere, and uh, Fresh Podcast Market is on Apple Podcasts and is on SoundCloud and all of, like, more of those places and stuff like that. So, yeah. I definitely want to recommend, um, I'm a big fan of Author's Note. Um, Thank you. I, I genuinely enjoy listening to it. Um, and I think a lot of folks who listen to this podcast would probably also really enjoy that one. Um, I think it's very relevant to our listening base interests. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, I haven't listened to your other one yet, but I will say I've listened to mostly episodes of uh, Author's Note and have really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Fresh Podcast is like totally casual um and it's usually us just devolving into absolute chaos but we have a fun time making it so we keep making it type deal well, that's what matters and honestly i feel like the best podcasts are ones where the folks working on it are clearly having fun with each other yeah, yeah definitely but um yeah so if you want to continue the conversation with us at the podcast you can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com uh, you can follow us on social media. We have our Twitter account at I Hope Pod. We have a Facebook group called I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. You can support our show in one of two ways. You can donate to our coffee account, or you can also uh, just leave a rating or review. Um, we really appreciate everyone who's taken the time to do so. Uh, once we hit certain uh, goals, we will give back through bonus episodes or us writing fanfic or various things that we have set up. Um, but those are just some of the ways that you can support us. Thank you, everybody who has been taking the time to communicate with us um, and everything. It's been really cool getting back into the swing of things with this show. Um, 
and having guests on and everything. So if you are interested in joining us, um, do not hesitate to reach out. Even if you have an episode that's kind of far, far ahead, just shoot us an email. Let us know that you're interested in potentially appearing on the show. Um, we are definitely always open to have you. Um, you can also uh, get to know me and interact with me a little bit more uh, you, by following me on Twitter at DMIsUnbreakable. Um, my Twitter account has tons of fandom stuff and talking about current events and things like that, but um, you can also just hang out and feel free to message me about Degrassi. I will always talk about the series. Um, and I got a couple articles floating around that have been published recently or in the process of getting published, so if you want to see some of my original work, you can also check it out there um but that's how you can find me i have another podcast called teen girl talk with my sister um we just review uh just whatever that catches our fancy as long as there's teens in it um i'm not sure when this episode's coming out so i can't exactly say what we're gonna be doing it's either going to be in january which will be lifetime movie month or possibly in February, which is my birthday month, so we might be doing some nonsense that I just want to force Izzy to watch. Um, yeah, that's about it for me. Hell yeah. So with that being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. Bye.